This weekend, uh, the topic is on uh, love one another, children and parents. Last weekend, you had a message on uh, love one another, husband and wives, which was on marriage. You know, whenever I touch on family, I can't help but uh, remember this phrase, family is the basic foundation of society. Family is the basic building block of a nation. You know, as I was driving in here yesterday and this morning, I can't help but notice all the tall buildings around us. You know, the higher the building, the stronger the foundation that is required to hold up the building. You know, the English version, family is the basic building block of society, um, the foundation of a nation. It's a bit too long-winded, I think. I prefer the Chinese version. Just two words. Guo jia. Guo jia. Nation, family. In the past, we say, Mei guo, na you jia. But I would say that, Mei jia, na you guo. Without a family, how can we talk about a nation? Because a nation comprises many, many families. You know, the first time I realized the importance of family was when I went into the prison. I spent 17 years in the prison, but not as a prisoner, but as a prison officer. And in the early days, I remember I was very curious about the tattoos, what gang they belong to, the tiger, the dragon, the salakao, the tufo, omega, sarajambo, and all these were the prison gangs. But I got tired because it's the same story, right? What tattoo, what gang. But along the way, I started to talk to them about their family, their childhood, their upbringing. They told me about their parents, the marriage, they had been broken down. And that was when I told myself, if I ever get married and have children, I must not outsource parenting. I need to be responsible. Um, when I was in the Ministry of Social and Family Development, I spent six years there as a director. I was put in charge of all the children's homes, family violence, child abuse, youth at risk, probation service. Again, I saw the importance of family. One time I was attending a meeting and one of my bosses, who was a Christian, said this, many Singaporeans do not suffer from a lack of material wealth but we suffer from poverty of relationships. Of course, there are still many Singaporeans who are materially lacking, but we have a government that will give vouchers, we have many non-profit organisations that will take care of their material needs, but what about relationships? You know, it seems that the richer a nation becomes, the poorer we get. We have many beautiful houses, but also many broken homes. I think that's why today's uh, passage on Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to 4 provides some guide on how to do family. Last week about marriage, but this week about children and parent relationship. I'll start with verse 4 and then we'll move up to verse 1 and 3. Verse 4 says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children or do not provoke them to anger. Do not frustrate them, but instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. You know, sometimes I read verses like that, fathers, ayah, why God don't say parents? <laughs> why highlight the men? Why highlight the husband? Why highlight the fathers? I mean, I was involved in the launching the National Dads for Life Movement, Elijah 7000, so I'm aware, very aware of the important role of fathers. You know, the research said so. Yesterday morning, I was with three, 400 men in a, another church and they were having a men's gathering and I read from Genesis where, you know, after Adam and Eve fell, they went hiding. And God came to the Garden of Eden and He was looking for them. And the verse says, God called out to the man, 
where are you? Again, I was wondering how come God didn't say, God called up to both of them, where are you? Instead, God very specifically recorded in the Bible for us, God called out to the men. I think there's a certain responsibility that has got given to men. But sadly, where are the men? Because God asked, where are you, Adam? You know, I was a prison officer, like I say, I went to different prisons in different parts of the world, and interestingly, out of 10 prisoners, 9 are men. You know, we always get ourselves into trouble. But anyway, let's hear from God and what can we do as fathers. I remember, <clears throat> because in, the, in these years, I've been mentoring fathers, mentoring young men, um, and a couple of fathers came up to me. One of them had a nine-year-old twins. This was about three, four years ago. And he was uh, telling me that, Jason, I reached out to you because, you know, I got a boy, twin, girl, you know, both of them, boy, girl, twin, nine-year-olds. And my daughter just recently told me or asked me the question, Dad, I don't think God is real. I don't think there's a God. And the dad was worried. The dad said, I brought them to church. We have family devotion. We pray. We read the Bible together. And my daughter, nine-year-old, asked me this question. She didn't think there's a God. So I asked this father, did you ask your daughter why she felt that way? And the father said, yes. I went back to her and asked her, girl, why do you think so? And the daughter said, if there is God, then why you and mommy always quarrel? You know, all the Bible reading, all the family devotion, all the Sunday schools may not be as helpful as when husband and wife, when fathers and mothers leave out what the Lord has been teaching us through our devotions. Another couple reached out to me through a friend of mine and bought me lunch. So over lunch, they were telling me, can you help us with our two teenage children? So they went from daughter, you know, after, listening, after I listened to her to their story, I said, okay, I think I can find a counsellor for her. Then they moved on to the son. After telling me about the son, I said, I think I can find a psychologist for him. But I didn't felt that that was the main issue. As I listened to both of the mother and the father talking to me about their son and their daughter, I noticed the body language between the two of them. And I asked a question that they didn't sought help for. I said, can you tell me about your marriage? How is your marriage? How are you two doing? And then the man said, uh, we, we, we are not looking for you because of our marriage. We are looking for you because of our children. I said, no, 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 no. You just tell me. I mean, since we are here, right? <laughs> and then uh, they look at each other. They say, normal, normal. Just like any other married couple. I said, tell me more. And the man said, well, the usual quarrel. I didn't let go. I pressed in. I said, how often? And they said, um, three, four times a week. And that was when I looked at them. I said, I don't think that's normal. Three, four times a week is not normal. Maybe I can recommend a marriage counsellor for both of you as well. I mean, they know the issue. And then I press in again. I say, what about your quiet time, your own, family, your own individual prayer time, your own personal devotion? How is that doing? And the man said, well, I'm very busy. My children got problems. You know, I'm worried about them and busy with work. And I say, guys, you know, right? You know, you guys are Christians, so... You know, so I told them this principle, this concept, upstream, midstream, downstream. Shang liu, zhong liu, xia liu, that's the, all the Mandarin I have. Huh? 
You know, very often as we talk to couples, talk to fathers, talk to mothers, say, my children got this, my children got problem, my children doesn't obey me, you know, this and that, you know. Then usually I will move to midstream, I say, how's your marriage? Then after a while, I realize, and I will move upstream, how is your relationship with God? Because everything flows from upstream to midstream to downstream. And of course, a simple concept like that, they understood. And they decided, let's start upstream. While you're trying to help your children, let's start upstream. Our own relationship with God, get our marriage in order, and then your children, somehow things will work itself out. Question then, how do parents bring our children up in the training and instruction of the Lord? So the first part is do not exasperate our children, do not frustrate them, do not hinder them from coming to Jesus. But then how do we raise them up in the instruction and training of the Lord? How do we teach values, godly values? Question, how many of you are parents? What sort of values do you want to pass down to your children? What do you think your children should have in terms of values? Anyone? Shout. Faith in God. What else? Honesty. Compassion. Love. Yeah, all these are wonderful values. I remember I was speaking in a neighboring country and uh, someone shouted, Integrity! Within a fraction of a second, everybody laughed. I was saying, what's so funny? Integrity is very important. But then I realized, oh, this is not Singapore. This is a neighboring country. Integrity is not easy to find in some countries. Eh? So it's very important. And then some, one, one parent said, the Bible, everything in the Bible. I said, okay, that's wonderful. You don't, <laughs> don't have to name the values, just everything in the Bible. And then I showed them this video, which I'm going to show you. How do we impart values? You watch the video and you will understand. children see children do so I tell parents we are teaching values even when we are not teaching values how I treat my wife on a day-to-day basis how I treat the waitress how do I treat the last the lost and the least how I live my life I'm actually teaching values our children are watching 24 by 7 all the time so we live the values that we want to teach so if someone were to say the Bible or honesty, or compassion, or integrity. 
or hard work, we need to live those values out. You know, I remember there was a time at Singapore tear parking coupon. Eh? Ah, yeah, 15 minutes only, no need to tear. Lah. Then our children behind listening to the parents talking. <laughs> you know, this verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3 says, It is clear that you are letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. It is clear that you are letter from Christ. You know, each time we come to church, we listen to the teaching. Those words are meant to be written on our hearts. And then when we go home, we will become a letter to be read. Our children will read the letter. Our colleagues will read this letter. So how we live our lives, people will read it. I remember reading a book by Jackie Pullinger when I was a young prison officer. You know, Jackie Pullinger was, uh, when she was 18, 19 years old, she took a one-way, she bought a one-way ticket on the ship, and then she went to Asia. She wanted to give her life to do missions work in Asia, and she landed in Hong Kong. And when she stepped onto the shore, she said, this is it. God is saying, I'm going to spend <laughs> the years here. And she spent many years ministering to the drug addicts in uh, the wall city, Hang Am Sing, the wall city. And the, when she was sharing the gospel, sharing about Jesus, the response from the drug addicts were, yes, so What is Jesus? And she realized that they didn't understand Jesus. And the only way for them to understand who is Jesus is to be Jesus to them. You know, Jesus said, if you see me, you see the Father. If we were to become more like Jesus, and Jesus said, if you see me, you see the Father. So can you imagine if each time I come home, my wife said, wow, Jesus walked into the house. Or the father walked into the house and the children said, wow, Father God, because you see me, you see the Father. Wow, no problem at home. If everybody come home, having that Christ-likeness, representing the Father God. A related verse in Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. You know, I made a mistake. I always thought the verse said, train up a child in the way that I want him to go. <laughs> train up in the child in the way that husband and wife want them to go. I made a mistake. I mean... I have failed too as a husband, as a father, but I kept going, right? This verse says, train up a child in the way that he should go, in the way that God has designed him, in the, God has, in the way that God has purposed him. He has unique gifts and talents, not for me to, to tell him what to do, but for me to understand what God is saying so that I can help my child to be all that God wants him to be. I'm going to show you the next video, and after watching this video, you will understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, tell me the worst. No, 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 it's great news. He got what he needed. Let me see, let me see. English A, Mathematics A, Physics A, Chemistry A. What is this? What? What? He got a B in classical studies. He got a B? It doesn't matter. What do you mean it doesn't matter? It doesn't matter. My son got a... <laughs> it's only one. Still, it's a B. He could have got all A's. 
Mr. Sinha's son got all A's, <laughs> but my son had to get a B. Mr. Sinha's son only did two A-levels. Our son did five in one sitting. He's the first in his school ever to do that. Really? Yes. Then he is going to school full of idiots. How <laughs> am I going to keep my head up in the community? Hmm? My son got a B. He got the grades to do medicine at Cambridge. He is doing medicine at Cambridge? Yes. Idiot! <laughs> he should be doing PhD. You don't like to do a postgraduate without a degree. I know. That's why I was telling him to do his degree in his spare time. What is wrong with him, huh? Mr. Khanna-san is getting B.Sc. My son is only doing A-levels, eh? Too busy playing football. He got into the Millwall first team. Millwall, Millwall, Millwall. Mr. Owen's son is getting into Liverpool. But my son can only get a place in Millwall. He will bring shame to the family. But Liverpool wouldn't give him a trial. And why is that? You know, when I first watched this video, I laughed just like you. But after a while, I realized I was laughing at myself because myself, my wife, and many Singaporean parents are very much like that. But then again, expectations are not a bad thing because all of us should have expectations of our children. God has expectations of us. But the danger is when our expectations are not aligned with God's expectations of our children. It's all human ambition, human striving. You know, my daughter... She's 27 years old now, but when she was 12 years old, just finished her PSLE and we got her results. This was PSLE day, eh? results day. So my wife was taking this photo, myself, my daughter, my wife taking the photo. What do you think? Good results or bad results? Good, right? Very good. <laughs> so good that she went into IP program, integrated program. That means skip the O-levels, top 10%, top 20%. Wonderful, happy for her. But then we realized that she couldn't do the self-directed learning. That means study on your own and nobody's going to help you. That's the integrated program. She needs structured learning. And so she started to deteriorate in her results. Up to a point in A-level, she became the bottom 10%. Almost stayed back for JC1. And I have to encourage her, right? Train up a child in the way that God wants her to go. And then I look at her, I say, you know, dear, you're not good in chemistry, you're not good in biology, you're not good in maths. Then she said, Dad, what are you trying to tell me? Because before that, she was saying, how come my friends never study hard and they can do so well and I study so hard, I cannot do so well. So I encourage her, right? You're not good in this, good, not good in that. Then she said, Dad, I know, but what are you trying to say? But you're good with children. You see, look how the cell members or the kids, whenever we have cell group, they will always run to you to play with you. And you're compassionate. You know, just now we talk about values, compassion. She has compassion. Whenever her friends got problems, they'll come to her for counselling. And she has leadership, vice-captain of uh, her CCA. And she felt better after hearing the dad told her about her strength and her gifts and the talents and suddenly she just, reality sets in. She looked at me, she said, Dad, but the school never gives marks for all these things. <laughs> You're good with children, no marks. You're compassionate, no marks. A-levels <laughs> doesn't measure how compassionate you are. But I told her, well, life skills, these are life skills. In life, God has gifted you this way, you will do okay, don't worry. She finished her A-levels and then she felt that, that, what do I do with my life now? You know, I'm not good in this, not good in that. I said, but you're good with children, maybe early childcare, lots of jobs there. 
I call up Jackie, St. James, kindergarten. Thankfully, I know some Ang 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 Anglican, good Anglicans. <laughs> so uh, Jackie said, no problem, come, your daughter internship. So after a month internship, she came back, sat down. I said, let's process. What do you think? Early childcare? She looked at me and said, Dad, I love children, but too many children. <laughs> Cannot take it. <laughs> but she was drawn to that individual child that was bullied, that was uh, lonely, that was a special needs. I said, ah, not one to many, but one to one. That's child psychology, that's special needs children, that's uh, maybe speech therapy. Well, she, thankfully, she chose one of these and she's now a speech therapist in one of the hospitals working with children. You know, as parents, don't compare our children with other children. I love this cartoon. For a fair selection, everybody has to take the same exam. Please climb that tree. If my child is not a monkey, don't force her to climb a tree. <laughs> they may have other gifts. And Einstein, the genius of all genius, said, everybody is a genius. If you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. Maybe that's why so many young people are so stressed and you know, all the mental health issues, because we haven't helped them to discover what they are good at. And I think as the church, as Christians, we need to lead, we need to probably help the nation to bring mental health wellness to our young people. Let's move up Genesis, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And I always obey my parents. On my way to do my scholarship in Australia, a young man um, my, my dad said, Ayong, no smoking, no drinking, no womanizing, no alcohol, no drugs. Okay? I said, yes, dad. Thankfully, I obeyed him. <laughs> if not, I'll land up in the prisons. As a prisoner, no, as a prison officer. And then my mom, my mom said, Ayong, I said, yes, mom. No angmosi, no angmobo, okay? <laughs> I was on my way to Australia. I said, no, any, nothing foreign, you know, foreign gods, like Jesus, like, you know. Uh, so I, I didn't say yes to her, I can't remember. But anyway, I disobeyed her. I became a Christian in Australia. But as a result, my parents became Christians subsequently. I think that's the only occasion you can disobey your parents. <laughs> because they say, obey your parents in the Lord. In the Lord. If it's aligned to the Lord's will, yes. If not, do evil things, you know. Don't become a Christian. I think that one, yeah, we cannot obey. Lah. Verse 2 to 3, honour your father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. You know, my parents have eight children. I was number seven, first to become a Christian. In fact, I, after, I was already a good son, but after I became a Christian, I became a better son. But anyway, when I was young, this is how I honour my parents. I would encourage you, if you are still young, obey them. If you are young, obey our parents. If you are a student studying, then study hard. Because if we don't, if we don't do well in school, usually it worries them a lot. I would sometimes say that even if we don't do well in school, at least we study hard. Even the, you know, like my daughter, she didn't do quite well in the, in, in the later years of school, but she worked very hard. And I told her, hard work itself will pay off. Hard work itself will pay off. Working, if you are working already, then give them monthly allowance, take care of their material needs and well-being. You know, even if your parents don't need the monthly allowance, I still give her. Uh, Say, Dad, you don't need money, what? I give you for what? <laughs> Still honour. That's part of the honouring. 
you know, my mom passed away first, and then my dad passed away. After my dad passed away, I was clearing his room, and then I opened up the cupboard. To my horror, I saw my mom's portrait. I said, why did dad put my mom's portrait? <laughs> and then I removed the portrait, and behind, there were all my $50 notes. In fact, at one time, my, my sisters were telling me, why oh, you give him so much? He doesn't need so much. I said, it's okay, I just want to honour him. I mean, he gave us a lot. Do you know when we were young, growing up, he would only eat bread? He works in a shipyard. He needs a lot more energy than just bread. But that's, he said, I want to leave more money for my children. And I always see him plastic bag with the bread inside and water. Bread and water. So I said, I just want to honour him. And so I saw my $50 notes and I realized that, oh, okay, he never used the money, he's just giving it all back to me. So if you give your parents, even though they don't need it, don't worry, sooner or later, it will be passed back to you. And of course, if you have your own family, then visit them. Bring your family, bring your children, because grandparents love children. I think we should have more children, not because the government says so, because I think children just bring joy, bring life especially to the old folks. You know, my mom was such a wonderful grandmother. She would queue up for hours many years ago when my daughter was just four, five years, years old. Queue up for hours, you know where? Outside McDonald's. Because? Hello Kitty. Every weekend, my daughter would just wait for the grandma to come and she'll take out Hello Kitty. Wow! Bring joy to the children. And the children brings joy to the grandparents. When my dad was having cancer, I had to take care of him at my place. And uh, one time I brought him down garden to, to, to take a walk. And my son was playing and he was just perspiring. He ran towards us and just for that few seconds, my dad caught the opportunity and looked at my son and said, Samuel, when your, son was, uh, when your father was young, I looked after him. Now that I'm old, your dad is looking after me. Remember, Samuel, next time when your dad is old, you look after him, okay? Oh, I was waiting for the answer from my son. My son looked at my, his granddad and said, yes. And then he ran off and played. I'm not sure whether he remembered or not. Having grandparents around will help you to parent your children as well. When our parents are old and sick, well, accompany them for medical appointments. And at the end of life, reprioritize our own life and work. I remember when my dad was, you know, I always saw him as a hero, strong, he will never complain about pain or hard work. And when he was going, undergoing chemotherapy, all the needles were poking him. And I remember I sat next to him. I can see he was like a little child, fearful. And I was the only person that could take leave that day to be with him. And I was glad that I did. I held on to his hand. No words were exchanged. I could feel that he was a lot calmer because his son was there for him. And of course, pray for our parents, honour them by praying for them, and forgive them for their past mistakes. No parent is perfect, trust me. If you are parents, you know you are not perfect. Our parents are also not perfect. I remember mentoring this young man, and each time I see him, he'll be going on and on about his dad, all the negative things. Up to a point, I didn't know what to say anymore. And when he started to talk about his dad, I was asking God, God, I don't know how to help him. Can you give me some wisdom, some words of wisdom? And God dropped a question into my head. I look at this young man, I said, hmm, can I ask you a question? He said, what? Do you know how your dad 
was fathered by his dad, do you know how your grandfather fathered your father? And he stopped complaining. He looked down for a while. He looked up at me and said, I know what you're trying to tell me. I said, I don't know what I'm trying to tell you. What are you, what are you thinking? He said, well, my grandfather was even a worse father to my father than my father was to me. And immediately, some words blurted out from my mouth. I'm sure it came from God because it didn't come from me. I said, we cannot give what we have not received. We can never give something that we have never received. If I receive love, I can give love. But if I receive hate, rejection, pain, bitterness, I may have no choice but to pass some of this down. And 1 John 4, 19, one of my favourite verses says, we love because He first loved us. And if all of us are Christians here by right, we can love because we receive love from the God of love. And we can give some to our spouse, we can give some to our children, and even to our parents who never love us because we have the source of love who is God Himself. One time I was just praying for... Uh, I was asked to speak to a prayer gathering by Love Singapore, and I remember I said, God, is there a word? And God gave me a picture, and a picture of champagne glasses. You know, you, at the wedding, you pour the champagne down from the top, it will overflow you know, to the glasses at the bottom. I wasn't drawn to the glasses at the top. Somehow I was drawn, when God showed me the picture, I was drawn to the glasses at the bottom, the empty ones. It's like the orphans waiting for love. And the Lord is like speaking to me, well, we are supposed to write at the top because God has so much love to pour into us and all of us overflow to those around us in our homes and even beyond that. So I pray that the God of love will fill you and out of that, it will overflow to everyone in your family. And lastly, pray for your unsaved parents. This is a very important way to honour your parents. I prayed many years for my parents. And after I become a Christian, the first person to become a Christian, I told myself, before that, I actually wanted to earn lots of money so that I can give my parents, you know, they can go traveling. But after I become a Christian, I thought, well, that's important, but I think more importantly is to give them the gospel, the good news, so they can travel to heaven. But even if they are Christians, you still have to give them money to travel the world. I don't think that going to that world is important. This world don't need to travel. Still have to, to honor them. Yeah. And so I pray for my parents for their salvation. I spent many years. I never gave up. I cried for them. I shed tears for them. And uh, brought my mom because she was not well. Brought her to healing rally. You know, she's, and she wasn't healed. And she said, I don't want to go already. Lah. And one time, Christmas rally coming. You know, I said, Mom, I want to go or not? She was my target. I was targeting my mom. She said, don't want to. You ask your dad to go. Then my dad come and said, okay, I want to go. I want to go. So I brought my dad, but my dad wasn't my target. It was my mom because she was the idol worshipper at, at, at home and uh, no, she was the, the hard nut to crack. But that night at the rally, I wasn't even paying attention. I was like lamenting my mom isn't here. During the auto call, my dad turned towards me and said, I want to be a Christian. I want to go down. I said, what? And so I brought him down. After saying the sinner's prayer, he looked at me and said, you just give me a Bible. I'll be a secret Christian. Don't tell your mom. I said, Okay. <laughs> So for a few years, my dad was a secret Christian. And one time, he was not well, hospitalized, but Jesus appeared to him. I said, Mom, Jesus appeared to dad. You want to be a Christian? She said, what for? I said, Ayo. One week later, my youngest brother, the most precious, because eight children, 
most precious, was hospitalized for meningitis, almost died. My mom came to me and said, since God healed your dad, can you ask your church to pray for your brother? We did that. Five days later, my brother came out of hospital. And my mom came to me and said, okay, this weekend, you bring me to church. And that weekend, we were early. I brought her to church for the Cantonese service. And she looked around. She said, eh, that's my old neighbor. Then the old neighbor turned and looked at my mom. And then they walked towards each other and started talking. What are the chances of an old neighbor in the same church? My mom looked at me and said, you can go home already. I don't need you anymore. You can go home. So I went home. Two hours later, I came back. I fetched her. And then she said, Long Zhong Gao Tim Sai. Everything taken care of. I said, what do you mean, mom? Everything taken care of. And she said, next week, the pastor and all my newfound friends will come to my house and they will remove all the idols. I was like, wow. I prayed for many years. So I will encourage you not to give up. If you have pre-believing parents or grandparents, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I want to thank uh, St. Andrew's Cathedral because together with a few friends from One for Jesus, it's uh, something new that I'm, I'm involved in, organizing a grandparents' outreach day. And St. Andrew's Cathedral has kindly offered the use of this venue. And so if you are one of those with pre-believing parents or grandparents, this is an opportunity. And Zhu Horan is one of the speakers together with his son. And uh, Horan is a media core celebrity artist and he's an evangelist at heart. And do you know that in the recent months, not only did he talk to seniors in big groups, but after that he will visit them, house visits. So even those who didn't become Christian in the event may become Christian during the house visit. So I encourage you to pray and consider bringing someone for this event, which will be held here. Let me pray. Father, I just want to pray for every family represented here, every marriage, every parent-child, every pre-believer parent or grandparent. Lord, I pray that from today onwards, every one of us walking home, we will be like Jesus to each other. We will be like you, representing you, Father God, to each other, so that our family members, when they see us, they will see you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.